Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place. The uh, Edmonton Oilers and the Detroit Red Wings. In action, Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. And at Digitex, they have PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan. Saving your company money, all your devices managed by Digitex.ca. Bob Stoffer with you along with Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday in orders now for Horse Racing Alberta. And we are pleased to be joined by a man who's probably not used to seeing his team in this position. The longtime general manager of one of the most successful franchises in the National Hockey League, Ken Holland, his organization going through a little bit of a rebuild. Hi, Ken. It's Bob and Mark. How are you doing? Good. Nice to be with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how different of an experience is it? I mean, I, I guess this is part of a, a team cycle in theory, but you guys had a long cycle of success there. Yeah, I mean, I've done it before. My first year in scouting with the Red Wings in 85, 86, uh, you know, I'd retired as a player and I joined the Red Wings as a scout. We ended up having uh, the first pick of that year in the draft and the 22nd pick. There were 20, 22, uh, 21 teams and we took Joe Murphy and Adam Graves with our second pick. So certainly, uh, you know, I've been a start of my career in the, in scouting, uh, you know, with a team that was on the rebuild. And fortunately, uh, we were able to kind of build it up and uh, have, have success. And, you know, after being in the playoffs for 25 years, uh, Zetterberg gone, Datsuk gone, Lidstrom gone, and a whole lot of other players gone. And uh, some of the people that helped us even from, you know, 2005 to 2015, uh, 16 guys like Cron was 38 years of age. Father time keeps banging away. So uh, obviously we started a rebuild here, uh, um, you know, probably two three years ago, and um, and it's ongoing. And I I, uh, I think that there's uh, some good things happening, but it's a slow, patient process, and uh, certainly not happy uh, where we are uh, in the standings. I, I I had hoped that we could be a little more competitive uh, um, than than what we have been. How about how about Ken carrying on the you know the Red Wing tradition, the Red Wing mystique? Like, I'm going to say, like a team like Boston, you know, a lot of the the intellectual organizational values held by a guy like Patrice Bergeron and 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 Zdeno Chara, and you just named a bunch of guys that really that that every young player that ever walked in that Detroit dressing room became a better hockey player because he was sitting next to a Zetterberg or Lidstrom was down the way or. Or, you know, I know you still have guys like Cronwall and you got, you know, Abdelkader's been around a long time, Dylan Larkin, but how do you try to keep that intellectual sort of that that intangible tradition alive in your room? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, um, well, I haven't done a, a good enough job because uh, we've missed the playoffs twice. And as we speak here today, I think we're at the bottom of the pack or right, we're tied with a lot of with a number of teams at the bottom of the uh, of the NHL. Um, 
you know, those players that you're talking about, they were special. Not only they were were they um, great players with high hockey IQ, but they were great people and great role models and great mentors and competitors and and they sacrificed for the team uh, on the ice and uh, at the negotiating table and uh, and uh, you know in every, in every decision that they made. And that's that's how you win. So um, that's part of the process. So. Um, you know, one of the things we're trying to hang on to is um, to compete on an every-night basis. And, and uh, I think that uh, we've, Jeff Blaschel and his coaches and our leadership have done that. We, uh, we lose a lot of games by a goal. We're competitive. Uh, we're just not quite talented enough. Um, but uh, I think one of our trademarks this year has been that we compete. We skate. We get pretty good team speed. We compete. We've got a young player that I think has a chance to be really special for the Red Wings, Dylan Larkin. He just turned 22 in uh, in July, and uh, you know last year uh, took a massive step uh, in his career, getting 60 points. And then this year uh, with Zetterberg on, he's got all the tough matchups, and uh, he's going to probably surpass last year's numbers. He's already scored more goals than 20. So you know you, you gotta you got it's you gotta you gotta find your building blocks and. Uh, We've had a lot of picks. We've got 10 more picks in this year's draft in 2019. I think we've had 20 or 21 the last two years. Uh, we've got a lot of cap space this summer. We've got a lot of cap space in the summer of 2020. So we've got to continue to uh, draft, develop, and somewhere along the line convince uh, a player or two to come, uh, come join our, our, our program in Detroit. We're joined by Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Detroit Red Wings, Kent Holland, Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. Ken, just to sort of further along, that uh, you know, from Spec's perspective, because you talked uh, about the cap space you're going to have, and part of the reason why you're going to have that cap space is, by my count, you've got four players with $18 million uh, in expiring contracts. Uh, you know, a goaltender who's been your number one guy for 10 years, part of your culture. Cronwall has been on the team for 15 years, part of your culture. Nyquist, who... You know, three years in Grand Rapids and then up through your organization, part of your culture. Vanek's a little bit different situation. He's been with you guys twice. He's been with, uh, like, eight different teams in the last six years. But is it challenging for you? I mean, people say, well, logic dictates just trade away the UFAs. But what about those UFAs have been part of that culture and that fabric that have been woven into your organization? Yeah, that's, a, that's another great question, something that I uh, ponder on an everyday basis as we push forward here to... Uh, the 25th of February, uh, you know, if we miss this year, it's three years in a row out. And, you know, when you look around the league, it's easy to, you know, three becomes four, four becomes five. When you're, you know, when you're dealing with 18-year-old players and waiting for them to, 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 to put a franchise on their back and carry you to, uh, to success, um, you know, it, it, can, it, can take, it can take a while if, if you don't uh, hit the blue-chip players. So certainly some of the players that are unrestricted free agents, uh, I think we've got seven or eight of them. Uh, I have interest in re-signing the players that I think um, can help us in 1920. Uh, we've got to be more competitive. We want to. We want to. I think you know part of developing our our, our young players is, is you got to win some hockey games and you got to be competitive. And we are competitive this year, but not competitive enough in terms of wins and losses. We're competitive in terms of in the game. The game is competitive. The game is close. The, the ice. You know the. For the most part, we don't get outplayed. We got outplayed some nights, but you know, two years ago the ice was tilted, and we were we were spending a lot more time in our D zone, and the score was maybe a little bit flatter. And I think this year we're able to to, to keep the to the ice somewhat level and and make the game competitive. So it's important. I think we got seven or eight forwards that are under 20, 24 years of age. 
Um, and, and a, you know, Chalowski on defense. And as we go here over the next couple of months, I might give a couple more young kids uh, an opportunity. So um, certainly um, as we look forward to the summertime and to 1920 and those unrestricted free agents that we've got on our team, I have to decide which, which of those players I think um, can, we'd like to retain because we, help, we think that they're a part of the solution. Tell me about, Ken, the pressures. You know, you're talking about 1920 and, and looking way ahead and drafting and developing, and, you know, your owner looks down at the seats and doesn't like when some of them are empty, <laughs> unless he's different than every other owner I've ever met. Uh, yep. you got to take care of right now. Uh, but I'm also looking at your goaltending situation. you got a 34-year-old Jimmy Howard and, and a backup of Jonathan Bernier. you also got to figure that out for later. Uh, give me the balance. How much... How, how much you know, what percentage of time does Ken Holland's brain think about tonight's game and the game that's going to get played three years from now? Well, I think, you know, the game tonight is with Jeff Blaschel and the players. You know, I, you know whatever, whatever decisions have been made for me to impact tonight's roster were made, you know, in the summertime or at the draft table two and three and four years ago and, 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 and free agent signings. So uh, certainly, you know, our fan base, uh, is, it expects um, a team more competitive. And once a team more competitive than, than what we, we've been the last two years, um, as well as everybody in our organization, front office and coaches and players. But, you know, uh, when I look around at the National Hockey League at the other 31, 30 teams, there's your blueprint. And when you look at the good teams – um, and the teams that are that are good in this league and that you would consider cup contenders, you can just start to go back to when they start to put their building blocks together, and how long it takes. And it takes it takes a while, and it doesn't take a year or two. It takes a while. So we're going to do it right. Uh, my goal is to put the pieces in place here so that somewhere down the road, um, this team can be a playoff team, and that there's pieces here that. Uh, that uh, can can build us into a uh, a cup contender, and then from there, sometimes uh, you know you need good luck and, and and fate and the hockey gods to smile down on you. As I look back at '97 and '98 when we won, you know you got to be good, but you need good luck. When uh, but but you but you got to be we have a good team deep, you know in a lot of different areas. And uh, certainly I've been fortunate to have been part of that building of the Red Wing team. I've been around the game a long time our team was 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 no good when i joined it in 85 86 it was a it was a basically an expansion team when the elliches bought it and hired jim devolano um you know and in the late 90s uh, our scouts as our team was good our scouting staff did a great job in drafting the zetterbergs and datsuks and cronwells and philpolas and hoodlers and fransons and howards and ericsons that that uh, that allowed us to kind of go on another run from 05 to 2015 so i know what it looks like i know how long it takes um, and I'm making sure that uh, we're doing things right. That uh, not there are no shortcuts. You got to do it right. I need uh, we need some role models in the locker room. I need some mentors. I need some veteran leadership. I can't turn this thing over to a bunch of young people and put them in a situation to fail. I got to put them in a situation to succeed. So you know you you, you got to. You know, I look at the impact that that Henry Zetterberg had on. Uh, on, uh, on Dylan Larkin, and, and uh, you know, and certainly uh, that, that's the direction that we got to go. So 
uh, from a business standpoint, certainly I understand, uh, you know, the, 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 our fans' disappointment and and uh, everything. But certainly we had a fabulous run for 25 years. We won four cups in there. We won with five or six presidents' trophies. We had many players that played in our team that went to the Hall of Fame. Some were home, lots were homegrown. Some were, we we con- convinced to come to Detroit because we had a real good team. So. We're now going through a, uh, a rebuilding phase, and most teams, if not all teams, in the in the, in the salary cap world, are going to go through it. So, uh, just got to try to make it as short and painful as possible. All right. Well, uh, you've got by my count three guys, 24 and under, that are legit top six guys up front. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Larkin, uh, Anthony Math, and Andreas Athanasiu, who's an intriguing player because I'm not sure he's fully realized his potential yet. But I want to ask about a couple guys. Um, one that's been with the team this year, uh, with a lower body issue right now, uh, Michael uh, Rasmussen, and then Svechnikov, who the Oilers had interest in at uh, 16 in uh, 2015. Had they held the pick, uh, but they moved it. Uh, he's been out all season long. What's going on with those two guys, injury-wise? And then also just a couple more first-rounders in your organization that are forwards with Philippe uh, uh, Zadina. Uh, Philip uh, Zadina, as well as Valeno, is playing on a great team down in Drummondville right now in the queue. Well, uh, you know, Sestnikov, had, uh, he got injured the last preseason game, ACL. Um, not sure if he's coming back this year. Um, <clears throat> big, strong guy. Uh, had a real good rookie year in the American League, 20 goals, 50 points. Had a real tough year uh, last year. I think he was, you know, squeezing the stick and uh, lost his confidence. And, and obviously this year he got hurt. So, you know, Svech is still 22. He's he's a hard worker. He's in the gym every day. Yeah, he'll be on our team next year and and uh, give him an opportunity to uh, you know to hopefully develop into whatever day every day NHL player. Rasmussen, um, young player, we took ninth overall. We liked him because uh, he's a big guy with with skill. We think he can be a net front presence on the power play. You, know, you need lots of different dimensions when you build a team, and we think he's going to provide a dimension of size. He can be heavy on the puck down low. Uh, left him in junior last year uh, in the playoffs. He had a good good year. He was interrupted for about two months with a wrist surgery, and then he had a big playoff the first two rounds. I think he had three points a game in the first two two playoff series that they won. Um, you know, he, he's uh, probably hit the wall a little bit here about a month ago, but uh, he, I think he's got six, seven goals. He's 19 years of age. He could have played junior this year. Um, Philip Zadina, we drafted sixth overall. He's in the American Hockey League, uh, learning to be a pro. Um, he's competitive. He wants to be successful. Um, I think as lots of young players, they try to do too much by, their, by themselves and try to beat people one-on-one. He's learning to move the puck. And uh, he's had some uh, three, four night series. He's been first star and played real well. And there's some nights that he looks like a young player. But but he's 90. He is a young player. He's 19. He could play junior this year. He did play junior for uh, for the Czechs in the World Junior. Uh, we think he's going to score in the National Hockey League. Uh, he'll be a goal scorer. Um, again, he's 19. We got to we got to get get some of these young players to be 22 years of age. And and uh, and then on Joe Valeno, uh, we took him with the 30th pick in the draft. The pick that we got from from um, Las Vegas in the Tatar trade. Center Iceman, he can never be strong enough down the middle and on defense. He's a guy that uh, put up a lot of points uh, in the Quebec Junior League. He was uh, um, an exempt player. He got in as a, the Quebec Junior League as a, as a 15-year-old a, a year early. So uh, we like him. Uh, he, he had a little bit of a bit part on Canada's World Junior team. I think it was great experience for him to uh, see a different role and the role that he's had his entire career as a 
front of the power play and on the ice all the time. Uh, I think adversity is a good a good tool to uh, to develop, and uh, he faced a little bit of adversity in terms of uh, you know his expectations. Uh, going into uh, the World Junior Tournament. I think that was a good thing. So certainly Joe, we think, is a guy, guy that's going to be uh, you know, a, a top three-line center iceman uh, in the National Hockey League. But he's, again, he's 18. He has another year of junior eligibility to go. So uh, you know, they're young players, and we just got to have, have patience. And we think we got a lot of kids coming uh, through the system, but, uh, but they're kids. And uh, how good will they become? Will, uh, will they just become NHL players, or will, will will one or two of them kind of exceed uh, our expectations and become, um, you know, uh, impact players? Ken, very pragmatic approach. We appreciate the update on the young players and the perspective. Uh, and we'll see you here tonight. Thanks for your time. Thank you. That is Ken Holland, the executive vice president, general manager of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. How like just the how pragmatic the approach is. I mean, they're not drafting top. I mean, they're going to be this year. They yeah, got a chance. They draft pretty high last year. Yeah. Where uh, they get Sedina? Yeah, uh, he went sixth. Well, so that's a pretty good player. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he was okay for the. You were there at the World Juniors. I mean, the Czechs didn't. Uh, Netches was there with the uh, yep. Carolina's pick and Zadina. Czechs weren't great. They weren't great. No. They had problems transitioning the puck. Yeah. That was part of their issue, right? They couldn't get it up to their forwards. But you look at it. So Larkin, I think we can agree, legit top six guy, I'm, I'm no yep. question. Mantha should be a more consistent player, but he's a legit top six guy. Scored 24 goals last year. Athanasio, obstinate player. Mm-hmm. Like him, good player. I like him because he can fly and he can score. I, I think he's part of their core. Jerry's part of the core. Yeah, They're not right. all first line What would you players. give up to get Nyquist out of Detroit? What would I give up to get Nyquist? Oh my goodness! Don't are the well? We'll discuss that when we come back in Oilers. Now, are, are the Edmonton Oilers in a position to be giving up a second-round pick and a prospect to get a forward that they can get in here to help them out? This is Oilers now. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chad. Thanks a lot, Zach. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Uh, you can text us at 6:30, 6:30 on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan, one of the largest volume Ford dealers in the province. And guests on the show receive gift cards to the Japanese Village Steak and Seafood, cooked right at your table. Japanese Village. Edmonton South, downtown Northside and Sherwood Park. Pretty interesting guy, eh, Ken Holland? Yeah, really, really interesting guy. Like Engages the media, okay? Uh, obviously, he's done a terrific job. Well, he built a, you know, what? And they benefit- you call him a dynasty? I don't think you call him a dynasty, but you could certainly say they were one of the great organizations no, they of were, this generation. There's no question about it. Uh, now, they, everything right. they benefited because they had big money at a time where there wasn't a cap, but they kept their team competitive yep. nine years after the cap got implemented. They got Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi, three years in Grand Rapids. Nyquist, three years in Grand Rapids. Uh, Mantha, three years in Grand Rapids. Helm, two years in Grand Rapids. Glenn Denning, two years in Grand Rapids. Um, Abdulkader, Two years in Grand Rapids. Furk, four years in Grand Rapids. So mm-hmm. all these guys, and, and these guys are not knockout forwards, and this is a last place team right now. On defense, Cronwell, two years in Grand Rapids. He's been with the team for 15 years. Uh, Jensen, uh, or Jensen, uh, four years in Grand Rapids. Erickson, three years in Grand Rapids. See a bit of a theme now. 
<laughs> Do you see a bit of a theme? Howard. No, Bob, I haven't spotted a theme. Howard, yet. four years in Grand Rapids. Would you agree or disagree with this statement? The Edmonton Oilers farm system is healthier today than it was two or three years ago. Uh, sure. You'd agree with that? I'd agree with it. It's still not a top 10 farm system in the league, but it's no. in a better spot than it was. But you got to use it. Yeah. and you so, got to use it, Bob. Yeah. Now we come to Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. You got to use it. Yeah, I could. I could first. Two guys should be in the AHL. Oh, I would say. I think with Paul Yarby, I could see him. He. I think he can only transition one twenty-year-old guy in. Okay. And I realize there's been nights. I where don't know he why you transition either of them. In. Okay. Well, I, I think that unless they're they're so good. Yeah. They're so good that they just it's there's funny. no competition left for them in the AHL. I put some numbers out last night on Bear, on Cooper Marodi, and Tyler Benson. Said yeah. these guys need to be pushing in the next eighteen months. Yeah, I saw that. And that's that's how it works. That's a fair timeline for Take those three players. Take right. They're all first year pro guys here, right? Yeah. Well, so, not all first year, but whatever. Like no, those Benson three guys is, are all first year pro guys. Yeah, Bear well, Bears in Bears season, in second year, but yeah, yeah. Marodi and the two forwards. They could have next year. They could be in a decent spot. I mean, in terms of depth-wise, but still, lots of work to be done. Interesting, Ken Holland didn't hold anything back with the position Detroit was in. No. There are some pressures there. We'll talk about those pressures, and then we'll talk about maybe what the ask should be for uh, you know some of Detroit's people. Uh, off to Global News Weather Traffic Update with Cassandra Jodwan. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.